welcome to the Megan Talks podcast episode three. Today I've got my little brother as a guest, well not so little brother really, we're both well and truly adults now, to talk about his experience with his sexuality, especially because he works within the kind of sporting and pub industry. Just thought it'd be kind of nice to chat to him. Myself and my brother, I suppose we've been kind of in and out of closeness growing up, so I can imagine there's a lot of things I'll learn in this conversation. So yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Megan. <laughs> Good morning. Good how does morning. how does this feel? It's weird. Yeah, it's something that we haven't really done. No. Um, I listened to your last podcasts because I thought I'd better do my research on you. Um, like a good <laughs> podcaster should. Um, and it was interesting. I think I learned some things that I didn't know about you. Mm. Um, but no, it was good. So just for kind of viewer purposes, tell us about yourself, you know, age, what you do. Yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So I'm 25 years old. Um, I run a pub and a cocktail bar in Normanby, um, and I coach football for various clubs. You've always been into football, haven't you? Yeah, since I was about 11, 12, it became a big thing for me, and then just as I progressed through my badges and I, I moved away to America, it's just always been a big part of my life, really. Yeah, cool. So one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about today is your sexuality, and I have a few questions regarding that. I've kind of spoke to Joe beforehand, and I said, is anything off limits? And he said, no. So yeah, we'll see where this goes. <laughs> oh, alert, alert. Try to think of it as a conversation as opposed to an interview. It's not, it's not an interview. So, first off, how do you identify in terms of gender and sexuality? Wow, uh, I don't even think about it, Meg. I'm very an easygoing person. It is a totally open thing for me. I would probably class myself as gay. Um, I do still look at women and go, <laughs> wow, she's gorgeous and she's stunning. And there's like lapses of, of, of times, and I mean very small lapses of times where I'll go, wow, I think I might be attracted to you. It'd take a special woman. Mm. Um, I think mum would have probably think someone like the Queen Latifah kind of woman. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> a weird one is Dawn French, but that, that, I'm not sure that's quite right. But yeah, I think I'd just class myself as gay. I don't even think about it as a, as a label or anything like that. Mm. Um, I know it's a massively talked about thing in the, in the LGBTQ plus society. Yeah. But... No, I think I just class myself as gay. In terms of gender, though, you identify as male. I'm right? a male, yeah. He, him. He, him. Cool. I think pronouns are such a massive thing at the minute. I think it's so important for anyone involved in the LGBTQ+, especially, obviously, trans, um, that we are able to self-identify and tell others our pronouns and be comfortable with it because I suppose you never know what other people are thinking. Like, I've known you, obviously, all my life because you're my brother, yeah. but I've never asked you what your pronouns are. I know. And it's a weird one for me, is because I, I don't really care is the wrong thing to say. Yeah. It's that I am very, I think that's probably I'm just so chilled out that I don't really think about it. I went on a Stonewall course recently, and we, oh, I went on two, um, both to do with football, um, about the inclusion of the, the LGBTQ+, and Stonewall are massive on the pronouns. Mm. And we were, not forced, we were asked to put our pronouns on. It's not a thing that I would even think about doing. Um, I think it is something that we'll see more of. Yeah. Um, I think it's become more known. But I also kind of think that people are going to have the, the problems with it too. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. People have problems with everything nowadays. But I just think, oh, just deal with it. If it's not harming you, if it's physically not hurting you, like, what's that be bothered about? Yeah, I totally feel that way. That it, it always... It, even in football, in the pub, in just general life, it always kind of, I don't know, I just don't get people when they're, when they're, they're all about, oh, why have they got that in the name, or why is this, or yeah. it just does my head in massively. Yeah. No, totally, I'm with you on that. 
I suppose the first question is, when did you know about your sexuality? Well, here's a, here's a good story. We've never talked about this oh, since. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. So I think I was probably 13, 14, around that. Yeah. When I think you or Megan, uh, you or Jade caught messages on yes. a laptop. Yes, and I did. just for, for purpose records, they weren't that explicit. <laughs> All the words just messages to guys. Yeah. And I think I remember getting called down by mum. I remember it really in my head. Mum um, had asked, mum had told me, you were sat there. And I, I can remember denying it. I can mm. remember crying. I can remember begging not to tell dad. And I, I don't have any more memory of that. I don't yeah. think it was ever mentioned, but after that, it never it ne- was never talked about. It was a weird one. It's something that always sticks in my head. It's something that always sticks in my head because it was never talked about and never brought up again. Yeah. And like I said, that's the first time I've ever mentioned to anyone in the family since it oh, actually yeah. happened that's all them years ago, um, ten years ago, near enough even more. So it's a weird one. And then fast forward to 2015, 2016. I was in a relationship with a g- girl till. September time that ended and remember the remember the page on Instagram where you could see pictures of people like they didn't have to be your oh, friends like, so you've liked yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it was oh no no like, like it was who you were following what they were doing like yeah. what they were like and yeah. Stuff. So yeah, it yeah. Was when you could be a bit of a stalker right yeah yeah um thank god them days were over it's not no oh. good for anyone <laughs> but I saw a guy with a dog and I thought oh, I like that photo and then we started like liking each other's photos and stuff and I, and, I, and I'd always had like the attraction to guys mm. But I'd never really seen any consistency in it, as in, like, I never went, oh, my God, I want to date guys. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that was, it was a sexual connection with guys or that it was just an interest or what. Um, so it wasn't until I met my first boyfriend that I was like, oh, my God, I'm definitely gay. Mm. I understand it. I had really good small relationships with girls as I grew up. Um, but it wasn't until I met my first boyfriend that I was like, right, okay. Yeah. This is me. I'm gay. I'm a bum boy. And that is, <laughs> um, that is, that is how it is. Yeah. yeah. I think before we move any further forward with this podcast, Joe is very comfortable. <laughs> Watch your tea then, mate. Joe is very comfortable with us kind of having a laugh about stuff, aren't you? Yeah. Um, one thing I'll always say is that when I came out, I had a group of 20 straight lads and lads who talk about boobs all the time, lads who talk about women, how many women they've slept with. And all them kind of heterosexual generic mm. things. And I took the approach of when I came out with that, I was going to come out the easiest way was to have a laugh about it. Yeah. So I had so many questions off, off the lads and off the mates that I won't repeat because it's too explicit. <laughs> I grandma, can imagine. Grandma and granddad, if you're listening, <laughs> I will leave that for a different day because I don't wish you'd hear it. But I took a, a jokey stance on it. Yeah. I was more than happy with the lads to mess around and talk about things and and have a joke about it. It was kind of that elephant in the room. Mm. I thought if, if they feel comfortable having a laugh about it, yeah. then they won't see it as a, as a big thing, and they didn't. Yeah. Not one problem. So just going back a little bit, that kind of period from that kind of initial curiosity when you were kind of 13 to actually fully realising later on in life in 2015, do you think you repressed anything or think you had to, like, hide it? Or were you just... It was all just, like, I don't really know what I am, confusion. I was definitely... It was a confusion, for sure. I can remember being really hypercritical of myself of how I talked, how I walked, what I, like is even how I joked about things, how I looked at people because I didn't want that thing. Well, that was a bit gay, Joe. And yeah. you'd hear it every now and then. I think us growing up in school, it was a normal thing to go, all right, gay boy. Yeah, and absolutely. It was, you it don't was, hear it now. No, no, it's not, it's not as common. But you'd go, oh my God, do they know? Mm. Oh my God, what have they seen in me that I don't know? 
so it was like it was a real period especially as growing up where I was like yeah suppression's a really good word and as I got older I keep, it was more highlighted because um, with going out social things and going to parties yeah. and being drunk and stuff you're always careful oh my god if I get too drunk if I say something yeah. or, or that kind of thing but nothing ever happened like that it wasn't until I came out that things actually kind of became yeah not I, suppressed I don't know I can imagine it was it wasn't maybe as obvious for your friends because you're quite a masculine presenting person. Yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> if people don't know what I look like, I'm. So I'm a bodybuilder. I'm six foot five <laughs> and I'm massive. He's definitely not. No. <laughs> but in terms of how you look, you are very masculine. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got beard. You know, you don't like tan like I, t- I tan really well no i mean like you don't like fake tan like you don't oh no 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 i, I had my I, to be honest i did have my sin on sunbeds for about a year yeah and that was when i was blonde and what we'd call in the gay world is a twink so i was blonde <laughs> i was really young and i felt myself yeah so as i got older my hair my hair's receded i've got a little podgier what um, although although i have lost you weight, have lost a lot of i have lost weight there. i'm not classed as a twink anymore what do you class yourself as now i don't know <laughs> i don't know no, I'm, some might say daddy, but it's not <laughs> it. <laughs> but I don't know. I think I'm I'm too young to be one of them, really. Because I wouldn't say you were you were a bear. But no, no. What you're like saying? Like a cub? No, no. Because that makes Cause you feel you're quite hairy. I am, I've got a hairy chest, but I don't feel like I want to be known as a bear. Right. Okay. That's I always think they're like bald men. <laughs> Tashes and massive. Love the throwaway. I'll happily tame it back. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Tell us about. Um. Well, I think coming out is such. I think that's a phrase that's dying because I don't think people... I think do, people obviously do and have the need to come out to like friends, family and whoever, but I think it's a lot more accepted nowadays. So yeah, I'm, I have like really mixed views about the phrase coming out because yeah. I don't think anyone should have to come out. You just are who you are. But tell us about your story, telling, you know, family, your friends about being gay. Well, at first you came out as bisexual, didn't you? Yeah, it was the easier word. Yeah. Um, and I think it is and the the friends I've made over the years since I've come out have, have, have had that similar view on it yeah. that bisexual it's like rather being hit by two hands it's hit by one hand yeah. you know, okay there's a bit of hope there if anything was to happen and it's something I, I remain extremely thankful for it was one of the best days of my life and it was really easy compared to a lot of people I know and mm. a lot of people I know people who were 30 years old and still not come out to their parents and when I was with my first boyfriend he hadn't come out by the time I came out, which was fine because God. everyone has their own times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, how I came out, um, so I was with, I was in a relationship. I say relationship, we were together. We were going out at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. I was saying to mum, look, I'm away playing Xbox around Scots. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm, I'll be back soon. Yeah. And when really I was walking down T's Barrage and at night yeah. because that was where people wouldn't see us. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what came over me I think I was like I'm fed up about this hiding thing mm. I am almost like really proud of, of what I am I was mm. really proud to be with him at the time and I thought right I'm going to tell mum so I thought when's the best time to corner mum where she can only have a small amount of time to react Yeah. so I thought right take her to work oh, God. so my plan was my plan was to take her to work as she got the door went by the way mum I'm bisexual she'd shut the door and go to work that was the plan. <laughs> However, bottled it. Oh, Absolutely right. bottled it. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I was egging myself up. I think I told um, my ex at the time that, oh, nah, I've 
kind of shit the bed. Yeah. Like, oh no, what have I done? And I said, I, I, I'm sure Jade was supposed to pick mum up and I rang, called Jade and I said, look, Jade. Jade's our older sister, by the yeah, way. <laughs> sorry, sorry um, Jade is our older sister, yeah. <laughs> um, I called Jade and I said, look, Jade, I'll pick mum up, no worries, because I thought, I'm going to do it, I'm going to get out of the way. So yeah. I had three or four hours, uh, however mum worked for, how long, however, however long mum worked for, yeah. and I was sitting on thinking about it, and I said, right, I'm going to go and pick her up. So I can remember having a coin, um, I think it was like a £2 coin, because that was like an anxiety thing for me at the time. Right. So I would flick it when I felt, so if it, to side note a little bit, at parties and that kind of thing, whenever I felt comfortable, I had a, a bottle top or a coin or something. Something like an anxiety just kind of like fidget with a type of thing yeah like a fidget spinner stuff, kind yeah. of thing and and that was a real thing for me and um, so I had that in my hand picked up mum how I how was your shift all that kind of stuff and I said to mum look how much do you love me and you can imagine mum yeah what have you done <laughs> and I was like no no mum how much do you love me what have you broken Joe <laughs> and it was every question before oh, I can imagine yeah I love you like it was every yeah. question before she went yeah I love you and then eventually she got round yeah of course I love you I said right right mum I'm bisexual and she went pull over the car. <laughs> Thought, Nothing like mum to be dramatic. Yeah, I thought, no way. I was like, and we were going, uh, we were dropping something at Jade's at the time. And um, she went, I won't say anything. I said, good, okay. Yeah. So we dropped off at Jade's, got home. She said, look, Joe, I want to speak to you about it. Realised now's not the time. Mm. However, I would like to um, dig more into it. So I said, okay. So I went upstairs. <laughs> she went in the front room. And two months later, knock at the door. <laughs> Opened the door. She gave me a hug and went, you big faggot. <laughs> <laughs> And I must stress, she went, I'm only joking, you know I love you. Yeah. And for the side note, I don't know if Meg will talk about our parents more, so we've got the most loving set of parents yeah, anyone could have. ever wish for. Absolutely. Um, it was never there was never a real fear of coming out to mum. Yeah. Because mum is the open, she'd do anything for you, she is selfless. Mm. And she did that because she knew that a joke would be the best way to attack it. Yeah. Um, so it was perfect timing for mum. It was something I always remember, I always take with me because that was special to me. Yeah. And um, that she called me that. Um, and that was true at the time. Yeah. Um, so, um, I think jokes is how we deal with a lot of stuff in our family, isn't it? So it was kind of a right thing to do. Yeah, we grew up really. We grew up with taking the mick out of Grandad. Yeah. Grandad t- took the mick out of me. If you look at photos, and there's, I can remember there's a photo of Grandad pouring me like two, three years older pouring a, a water can over our head, and we yeah. jokes was a massive thing for us, especially yeah. with with dad and you know when we sit at a, a family meal it's, it's crazy no holds barred right <laughs> no yeah. we all just rip into each other don't we yeah there's definitely someone walking out of that table by the end of the night um <laughs> and that's that's how we've dealt with it and, yeah and that's how it was and i can remember coming downstairs and you hugging me i can remember saying to you look meg i'm not dying um i just like men and that was it and i, th- I can't remember how jade found out um obviously she, uh, sorry she found out through mum, I think. And then when dad came home, dad took me for a pint and we had yeah. a talk because it was a massive fear, Meg, of, of because I was the only one who could carry on our last name. Yeah. With you being a lady, with Jade being a lady, yeah. and with Uncle Ken not having any kids, that I was the only one who could carry the last name. And dad yeah. was like, look, mate, it's fine. Like, yeah. It's a name. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's where that, that, that was my my short but sweet coming out story. As it divulged into of telling my mates, mm. you know Johnny. Johnny's yeah. my best mate and Johnny's a best mate in school, really close with his family. I've been on holiday with him and um, I text Johnny and Johnny's first was like, so proud of you. Do you think that's why you're depressed? Mm. And I said, don't know. Turns out it wasn't, but at the time I went, okay, maybe it was. Yeah. Text a couple of my other closest mates. Mark texts me back to say, as long as you don't flirt with me, <laughs> then I'm fine. And now to give you an insight on Mark, I wrote some really good looking friends. Mark is nowhere near that one. <laughs> um, love it a bit. However, great guy, but he'd be the yeah. last one I wanted to flirt with. 
so that kind of filtered through the guys and everyone was really protective i don't know why everyone saw me the girl of the group now so i was <laughs> the one like if there was a fight it was like joe get to the back right even okay. though like some of them are wet wipes and i could handle more <laughs> of them um however yeah it was a, it was a really good coming out story mm. um sorry coming out story that's not right is it really just really, experience it was yeah. a really good coming out experience um i still remember like being in empire and dancing and someone go joe i've heard something about you i'm like yeah it's true I could have been admitted to anything at that point, but um, it's like, oh, can I buy you a pint? So I've never, that was the best no. two weeks of my life, because I've never had so many free pints, <laughs> I've never had so many handshakes, yeah. and had, people were like, all right, that's amazing, because I mm. think it was something that, oh my God, Joe Lee's gay, mm. and they would go, we didn't expect that, and that kind of thing. There yeah. might have been one or two that did expect it, but yeah, I think it was a really cool experience. Do you think, in terms of family, it helped that we have, you know... Our uncles are gay, got a godfather who's gay. We've kind of, we've grew up around, like, not around the culture, but, like, knowing and accepting and, you know, the family is so loving. Yeah. Did that make it easier? Yeah. I always say that I was set up to be gay um, <laughs> because granddad will tell you a story about a relation who he thinks was gay. Right. And doesn't know, but he thinks he's definitely gay. He lives with a man. He has for 30 odd years. Right, okay. So I think it is, he could be gay. Um, obviously, Uncle Ken was gay. Mm. We grew is. Up, yeah, sorry, did I say? <laughs> was. Was, yeah, still is gay. Um, Uncle Ken's gay. Um, Uncle Tim. Yeah. Again, a, a big part of our childhood. Absolutely. Gay. So I think I was probably filtered down the course to be gay. Um, but yes, it did make things mm. easier. I think especially with Uncle Tim being very, very masculine, you know, he owned a bodybuilding gym. Yeah. Like, he was, he was very... Um, again, I suppose, like you, like, n- like, I mean, what is an obvious gay person? But, you know, you couldn't look and just be like, oh, yeah. No, you wouldn't know until he opened his mouth, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he was... It was... It was it was mixed against both. We have a really loving family. Yeah. We know that. Right across the board, from uncles to aunties to godfathers to godmothers. Mm-hmm. And we're just a we're just open person. We're open people. Mm. One thing I'd like to chat about you with is obviously your line of work and what you've been involved in with in like the pub trade and sports and football. Obviously a very kind of laddie culture. A lot of older men involved who might have some preempted stigma, you know what I mean? Yeah. How did you deal with that? Did you ever have any bad experiences and how did you deal with them? Bad experiences. One. 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 And it was at the pub. And now, just for the listeners, is that my pub during the day through the week is an old men's pub. Yeah. And we're talking about people you can set your clock by, you can tell what they're going to wear, yeah. you can tell how many pints they'll have. What they it drink, everything. Really, yeah. really on clockwork. And we had this guy, let's call him Simon. Okay. He's not called Simon. <laughs> um, but for the sake of the podcast. For the sake of the podcast, <laughs> and anyone who wants to sue, he's called Simon. <laughs> Simon was really rude to staff over a couple of weeks right. about different things, his okay. drink and all this kind of thing. And just one thing I can't take is when someone's really outright rude, do you know what I mean? Where yeah. At the end of the day, the staffer and, and myself are paid to serve a drink. If it's not right, everybody knows around the pub that if your drink's flat, that will swap it out for you. We're never a yeah. pub that's going to give you an argument or anything like that. And I'd kind of had enough of Simon. Right. Um, and one night he was... We have a, a lady who comes in, and she's quite a big lady. Mm-hmm. Really heart of gold. Struggles with different things, but really nice. And I remember Jane come through, and it was a busy bar. It was the time where we could stand at a bar, if you remember that long, <laughs> long ago. Way back when. And Jane didn't know she was going to serve, and mm. she served Rachel before Simon. And Simon went mental, started calling Rich a fat bitch. Can I say uh, that? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, you've said it um, <laughs> Yeah, it's not and words, it was he nice. was really, really rude. 
And I thought, right, I've had enough of you. Mm. I was like, because that, that was uncalled for. Yeah. It wasn't her fault in the first place. It was just because it was so busy. So I said, look, I said, you're done. I said, that's enough. Um, finish your drink. You're not welcome here anymore. And he starts to go on. Get out, you bored. Yeah, yeah. One of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a glass and shot him. Um, <laughs> no, so basically I said, you're done. Finish your drink. See you later. And he kept arguing. He was like, ah, da, 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 da. and I thought, look, you've, and I named all the times you've been rude. Mm. He'd never apologise. And I said to one of his mates, I said, you better get him apologise. I said, mm. because he's not going to do it. Um, and he kept digging a hole. And I said, look, Simon, you're digging a hole. Can you just leave, please? And I yeah. was dead polite. I was never aggressive and stuff like that because he's five foot five and I'm not going to do that. So I'm, so I'm so small <laughs> and no offence with him. And he put his head over the bar and went, are you gay? And I can remember all the blood meg went to my head and I was like, don't even go there, mate. Yeah. He was going, are you gay? I was like, do not even go there. And at the time, Jane had cottoned on and Jane has a gay son. So right. Jane has the understanding of, of what I was about to go through. Yeah. And I've never been so close. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not a real aggressive person anymore. No. <laughs> um, anymore. I never really was no, apart you... from it was on the football pitch. Yeah. Or, um, them kind of things. The adrenaline, what I felt that day was like nothing. So I can remember going home mm. and being up like till two, three in the morning and being like, Mum, I can't sleep. I don't yeah. know what I've been through, but I couldn't. And that was the only time where someone I feel, I, I feel threatened because of my sexuality. Right. Not threatened of that I was going to get beat up or something yeah. was going to happen to me. Threatened because someone thought they could quiz me on who I was. Yeah. What annoys me more so is that I'm such an open person. Mm-hmm. So if someone wants to ask me a question, then feel free to ask me a question. Yeah. But don't pinpoint me like he did. Yeah. And he is never been allowed back in the pub since. Good. He, I found out he's actually a lecturer at a university. So which is which is something that for me is bizarre. Yeah. Because you think you deal with people all the time as a living. Hundred percent. And he has that view, um, which is quite scary. Yeah. But absolutely. Simon, if you're out there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do one Simon. See you later, Simon. Check yourself. I think thankfully we are ever so slowly moving to and it is a totally generational thing, to a more accepting world. So that's the kind of pub trade covered. What about football? I think in terms of football, I feel like you're more in love with the game than the culture. Like, you're not a very laddie lad, you know. I am. Lads, lads, lads. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, you're not that ingrained. What in should I fo- say, Megan? I don't know. I don't know. Like, you're very much like the management, the intricacies of football yeah. than, you know, you just got the pub to watch it. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, there's two different sides and I think one's the environment that I coach in now. Yeah. Um, and two is that I'm a coach, not a player anymore. Yeah. I mean, you were a fantastic player, Joe. You could I have gone f- so far. I feel like you're being sarcastic. <laughs> um, however, didn't you stop Middlesbrough women? Because you felt a bit sad and you were getting named and picked on. At least I played for a decent team, though. Yeah, what, for like six weeks, was it? Well done. No, I, I played for a trial. I played for a season. played for a season. Yeah, okay. Played bench, either one. <laughs> never on the bench no one else was a left back <laughs> i had to start just put, put her there put her there she can do it but yeah tell me about uh being gay in football yeah it's it's something that plays in your mind because you don't I, so what i'll do now is that mm. i since i came out i will put myself in situations where i cannot be so if if the lads are getting changed or anything like that then 
I'll take myself out. Yeah. I have a mass. I have a really, really good trait that I will never attach myself to anything like that. Yeah. In the sense that I'm very professional in what I do, no matter what level I'm at, because out of respect, it's all. It's all a bit like the welfare, even though the lads are above eighteen and all this kind of thing. It's out of respect to go. Look, I'm not going to put anyone else in a in a in a situation where they f- might feel like. Yeah. Like because things talk, people talk, and I'd never do it, but you don't want to put yourself in that situation. I think what I've learned is our generation is so easygoing, they don't Mm. really care, and it's never, I've never had a problem. Mm. When I went to America, I almost had to come out again, because I was afraid of their culture, their religion, and that kind of thing. Um, But no one had a problem, we had guys from all over the world, we had Australians, people from all over the US. We had Gambia, Nigeria, wow. England. Like it's such a, a mix of cultures, mm. um, and no one had a problem. So it wasn't in football. It's not a bad thing. It's still a bit of a, a taboo, mm. where because there's I think Robbie Rogers came out gay when he was playing, retired, came back in and retired again. Thomas Hitzelsberger was another one who came out gay, but after he retired, right, okay. Because there's not many that open gay footballers, yeah. it is still a big thing where you go, okay, is this an, is this accepted? Mm. It kind of is, but it's not ever, ever put on a platform where you go, yep. Yeah, He's accepted. He's playing for Man United. He's playing for Man City. Yeah. He's in the Premier League. He's gay football. I think you just have to look at, um, if you think about in terms of minority groups, look at the reaction that some football fans have to black people. Like, yeah. especially, like, we've seen it with the Euros going on at the minute. Like, no wonder if there is any kind of people, any professional footballers who are gay, no wonder they're scared to come out because the fans, some fans, obviously not putting everyone in the same bracket, can be horrific. Yeah. It's 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 a tough one because I think because the racism's a huge um vocal point right now with mm. taking the knee, yeah. um BLM and all that kind of thing. I think we've we've shown in football that we can take a, a stand or take a knee to something. Mm. As controversial as it's turning out to be and mm. and kind of people booing the knee and that kind of thing, which yeah. I don't agree on, but it's one of them things. I think they've shown that they can put something on a platform and go, right, we're going to talk about this for a, a, a time being. I also feel from the other side of it that footballers might come out after, the, after they've played football and when they've retired because it doesn't need to be a talking point. Yeah, people, no things, yeah. people see things as a different th- um, point of view. Yeah, so some people want to come out because they're dramatic. Some people want to come out because um, they're proud. Mm. And I think in football, pro- probably the look on it is, doesn't need to be a big thing. Football is my career. I'll probably come out after football. Yeah. Not realizing the domino effect it could have if someone comes Absolutely. out who's in the Premier League. Mm. Um. I think we're getting to that point eventually. I mm. think people will start to go. No, I'm going to stand up because we've come from a generation that we not only want to be seen, mm. we want to be heard too. Hundred percent. And I think um, I just it always sticks that I'm not a massive political person, but when I think about when Jeremy Corbyn was doing his rally. And he had so many young northern people and they were really loud and proud and that's what I see yeah. about about young young people these days. They wanna be they wanna be heard as well yeah. as seen and, and I, think, I think that's a really good thing for us. Like when it comes to like that domino effect you were talking about, like representation matters. Like it matters just as much in football as it does in the media and everywhere yeah. else in life. So, you know, if if one all it takes is one. One big mainstream premiership, you know, big footballer and that could help so many like younger gay men and women who um want to play football but don't see themselves in them kind of big players yeah you know if there's a little 10 year old boy who already knows he's gay but and he really looks up to all these big premiership footballers but he thinks oh no one really is like me 
you know, they've all got the wives and the big flashy lifestyles. And he's like, oh, but, you know, I, I don't know any gay footballers. He might not pursue that as a career, even though it could be, a, like, a huge thing for him. Um, so, yeah, representation is just huge. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I picked on when I went on the Stonewall course is because they were talking about how what words you use and when yeah. you use it and, and what you should be stopping at a training ground or in a locker room talk that you go, right, you can't say that because of this. Yeah. And because you don't know who's listening mm. and you don't know who's fighting things inside the head. Absolutely. And it was something that was a it was a take back to me and I actually said I said, Look, I said, I, I don't mean to sound ignorant, I don't mean to sound rude. I said, but not that I was a pro of some of the things that people were saying, but I just all for comfort and all for Yeah. And I'd never thought of that other side, so it was an eye-opener for me because you go, well, I'm laughing because they've used that word against me and I, I see it as a jokey way and it makes me feel comfortable. But yeah, I'm comfortable, but what about the person over the other side of the locker room who yeah. feels really uncomfortable because of it? Yeah. Um, so I think as I've matured and as I've got older and stuff, I've really kind of took it to, okay, yeah, that crack's okay in private, but when yes. we're out... It's not, a, it's not a thing that we can do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100% with you then. Okay, so we've been chatting for about half an hour now, so we'll start to wrap things up. I've got two questions that we'll kind of finish with. Same sort of thing, but a little bit different. So the first one is, what advice do you have for someone struggling with their identity and sexuality and kind of coming to terms with who they are? What advice? I think that they need to know that people don't really care. Yeah. And the people who do care don't matter. There's yeah. a saying, so yeah. there's a quote. Um, those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. That's exactly. it, yeah. And I think that is a massive thing where I have come from a really heterosexual, and I'm saying that with them fingers. Quotation yeah, fingers. Yeah, exactly what they are, yep. the quotation <laughs> fingers. Lifestyle. Mm. The time I came out, I was uh, working on the building site, I was playing and coaching football, all my mates were straight lads yeah. with girlfriends. Um, very and lads, I, lads, lads. Very lads, lads, lads. I didn't have a problem. Yeah. Until two or three years later at a bar, one round at the pub, sorry, one random time. Yeah. So I think looks if you surround yourself with the right people, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's a real hard one because everyone has different things yeah. that they have to fight. They yeah. have religion, they have a different family, and I think they've just got to find your tribe type of thing. So what I'm trying to say, Meg, is is just to kind of loop it round is that you've got to find the people that you feel comfortable around, mm-hmm. and they will be the biggest people in your life yeah. because I've found them I have whittled my mates down to uh, a, a small group mm. I have loads of friends but a very small yeah. small group of mates um, and I live a happy life it was the best thing that I did coming out I thought the world was going to be against me I mm. thought people were going to beat me up I thought people were going to not be friends with me anymore and it actually brought all my relationships closer Yeah, I think it brought my mum, dad used together closer um, because I felt I could be myself around you and you maybe yeah. hadn't seen that side of me and then all my mates and stuff because they hadn't had a gay mate or it wasn't yeah. a thing. So it was kind of like a the in thing at the time when I came yeah. out and it was like, oh, we've got a gay mate. So <laughs> what's a funny thing now is that when we talk about nicknames and obviously you've got Spud, you've got Smiler, I'm the gay one. Right. So And it's funny because a lot of the times like um, Josh has a gay brother and he goes, oh, hi, mate. My brother's gay as well. I was thinking like, we might know, know each other because yeah. that's how it is. Um, <laughs> and kind of similar but slightly different, what advice do you have to non-LGBTQ plus members like myself as an ally to kind of help in the process. An ally. An ally. An ally. I like that word. I've never heard that till Stonewall. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You're an ally. Because I'm really out of it, Meg. I'm not like... Yeah. I'm not... I'm trying, I'm trying my best and watching It's a Sin and about the HIV Educating thing. Educating yourself. Educating so myself yeah. about Stonewall, what really happened and just to kind of 
Yeah, just to be a little sharper on the stuff. Um, to be an ally, does it really affect you? Ask that question. Does it really affect you? Mm. If someone is coming up and flirting with you, or that kind of thing where you think, okay, that does affect me, it's a bit too much. Understood. Mm. But you've got to ask that question. If your best friend comes out as gay, or any part of his sexuality is questioned, or anything like that, or her sexuality, is that, ask the question, does it really matter? Yeah. It doesn't. You know it doesn't. If you really, really think about it, it doesn't really matter. And um, be there for them. Mm. Be really accepting. Make sure they've got comfort because there's a lot of mental health issues 100%. that comes with, with coming out. Yeah. They have got to, and I always say to people is that for years and years I had to pretend that I wasn't someone mm. so with that I am suppressing who I was so I had to have therapy after that and yeah. I had to there wasn't until what we're looking at five six years later that I had therapy and mm. I managed to unravel all the things that happened during that so a simple answer would be it to be an ally just be there for someone mm. and be an open friend don't mm. judge realize that they're going through something that is is life-changing mm. that even the parents might not be supportive of them and if one person can be you make sure you're that one person yeah life's too short Meg we know that oh 100% especially after the past you know what we've been through in the past year or so I think it's important for allies to educate themselves as well watch it to sin as well yeah yeah like stuff um, like that um it's a sin love Simon drag race <laughs> no yeah drag race drag race I'm, I'm a really heterosexual gay but I think that, can you can I label myself as that? Yeah, because no, you're a mask. A masculine. Masculine. A you masculine. present more masculine. Yeah. Okay, I'm a masculine gay, and even I've got a bit of drag race in me. Yeah. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gets it from his sister because I'm a big drag race fan. Um, cool. So, is there anything that you haven't had the chance to say but want to say before we sign off? A mas- yeah, just a quick one about mental health, and I know it's a, a topic that you care a mm. lot about, and it's something that's affected me. I actually thought when I came out that my mental health would be better and I thought it would be free. Yeah. It wasn't. I went through a lot of relationships, um, quickfire ones, because I didn't know how to deal with things. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until I got therapy that was life-changing for me. Yeah. And I think I was one of them people who would... I wasn't going to go and get help. I wasn't going to go on any kind of medication because no, no. Yeah. And therapy changed my life. I started yeah. reading. Things like Happy Place, things like um, podcasts, audio books, absolutely everything. And I think one thing that I can would advocate for everyone, if it's through the NHS or if you can afford to go private, go private um, and get therapy. Yeah, massive. Even if you don't think you've got problems. Yeah, I think it's good for anyone to chat with someone that they don't know. Like totally, um, is it subjective or objective? Subjective, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know what the word is, but like. They don't know. If you say subjective, I'll say objective and one of us is right. (laughs) Like, they don't know what you've been through, they don't know your life, they don't know anything, they're just there to listen and provide some professional advice. Yeah, massive, massive help. Cool. Well, thank you very much for being on this podcast. I really appreciate it. Can I get invited back? Can we do something else? Maybe. We'll see. See If I get loads of hits and stuff, is that what you call it? See what else you've got to offer. Bags of stuff. What do you want to talk about? (laughs) Cool. Thanks very much, Joe. Cheers, Meg. Thank you. What a conversation that was. Um, he was good, right? Oh he was god. great. Oh my god. <laughs> he was fabulous. Um, yeah, what a conversation. Um, I feel like I learned so much about my little brother that I didn't know. Um, which just goes to show that, you know, things things were always changing and you should always take the time to stop and chat with people. But um, make sure you like... No, I'm, I always say like and subscribe, like I'm on YouTube. Make sure you rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, share it with everyone. Follow me on Instagram at Megan Jane Lily. I'll leave it in the, the show notes. But yeah, thank you so much and speak to you again soon. If you see me on Tinder, 
swipe right. <laughs> <laughs>